This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When I go home late at night, this is a song that I really like to sing right now. So I'll play it for you. It's a... Uh called My Old Man. Time almost up. Forward by Baker. And there's the full-time whistle. It's Gabby Adbonlahor's goal. The third time he's won a second City derby. And Aston Villa... Bounce back with a win against their nearest and dearest. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for this extra little uh, Blues Derby special, Dan Rogers from TheVillaUnderground.com. Hello again. Hello. Have you got any more Game of Thrones <laughs> spoilers for the next, for there's season only, number eight? There's only so many people I can possibly meet in hotel receptions and it is... Did you meet it, Daenerys? Do you think I'd be here if I'd met Daenerys? <laughs> Well, alive, alive. <laughs> anyway, we're getting we're getting too geeky and nerdy. The hardcore football fans might start switching off. So uh, mm, okay. enough of that. But just keep the Game of Thrones spoilers coming because this this is but the only reason. It's the only listen, reason we get any viewers. Listen, if you, if you missed the Game of Thrones spoiler, Listeners. listen to the last episode. That's the thing, and that's a genuine exclusive, actually. It is actually, and and we were hoping that we would quadruple our listenership just by mentioning it. Anyway, Blues Derby coming up. If you're listening to this show for the first time, uh, do not take this episode as an example of what normally is put out because uh, (laughs) it's normally of high quality, many a laugh, sketches, music, bit of song and dance as well. This is just a bit of a shorter show, just straight in on on the blues, the dirty blues coming to visit. Dirty. Dirty blues coming to visit the beautiful Villa Park. So this is going to be more of a contest than we initially thought because I think a lot of people, Mm. if you go back, let's say go back to November... 
when Villa mm. were were doing all right and the Blues were well propping up the league, well at least in the bottom three. Yeah, it just looked like a formality. But now it's uh, a sellout. I, I think that's <laughs> partly because Villa are, are kind of on the up. Mm. And as we as we mentioned in the last show, if you look at the the top form table, which is normally based on the last six games, we're talking about first versus fourth. Villa being obviously the most informed team with six wins, and the Blues uh, up there with four wins, one draw, and a loss. So it's a bit of a uh, bit of a championship spectacle, even though it's at twelve o'clock in the morning. <laughs> It's 12 o'clock. I'm probably repeating things I've said before about the Blues Derby. It fills me with trepidation having <laughs> experienced enough Blues Dar- Villa Blues derbies to know how, how it can go. I, I have a really good feeling this year. I, th- I think that we're, we're in really really good shape, yeah. Oh, I was about to say the opposite, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. I have a really good feeling. Um, the, I'd rather, I know this might sound counterintuitive, but I'd rather we had a competitive fixture. Oh yeah, know, me too, me too. Because we've, you know, you can, oh, it's the Blue Villa Blues derby, blah, blah, blah. And, and there's been some stinking games over the years, really, that that I can think of. Especially recent years. Especially recently. So I'd rather have a, have a competitive game. Blues are playing well. I mean, was it, was it four wins in six? Their away form's good. And we're in really good shape too. So I think it's got the makings of being, I do think we'll win. I do think we'll win. But I think it's got the makings of being a good game too, and that's that's as important for me. Going into the game, I mean, you know, Blues' away form is uh, a complete revelation in the last four mm. games compared yep. to what it has been. I mean, before the last four games where they've won two and drawn two, yep. uh, which is eight points, they'd only picked up two points previously from uh, about 11 games. So they were a bit of a joke on their travels, but the Renaissance, I mean, it's well time for them for a visit to uh, Villa Park, obviously. Whether it's going to save them or not is a, is another matter. But I, I get the feeling that if Villa play as they did against Burton, then they're going to have a problem against the Blues, and I think the Blues would get something from the game. But, you know, they couldn't play the same way again, or they couldn't play any worse than they did against Burton. And I'm just hoping that they, like the Bristol game, they kind of put on a show. Mm. I think it happened last time uh, at St Andrews that uh, Hotter, who you kind of the ex-Brentford guy who you see mm. is one of the you know when you see him play you think well he's he's you know you wouldn't mind him uh, in the Villa squad he was squad. a marquee signing wasn't he as well yeah but he's always struggled but then he seems when Villa come round uh, the corner he's always back in contention because <laughs> he was out a bit he was out recently uh, especially in January because he was trying to I think he was murmuring in the background mm. that he mm. kind of wanted out he wasn't happy at uh, St Andrews and he, and he wanted to leave so uh, I think <laughs> Cottrell put him out uh, well he had him benched uh, for a lot of uh, January I think mm. he missed one game and then he came back uh, against Sheffield Wednesday scored two goals and because he caused Villa a few issues in the previous encounter I mean he did when he got Hudson trying to stop him he, he kind of ran I mean Hudson you know to be fair to him did alright but he got run yeah. ragged I think Hotter does that Snodgrass trick doesn't he of uh, luring the, the fullback into thinking he's going down the line before cutting in onto his other foot it's quite a Dangerous yeah, tactic of cutting into the middle third. Yeah, but that's also what uh, Hutton does as well. So it it's, uh, it's who can outbluff the other. <laughs> yes. But I think we mentioned this before that actually playing Hutton there it kind of works. If uh, Hutton's mm-hmm. going to come down that flank and he's going to cut inside, well, he's, he's cutting in and onto the natural side of Hutton. So that should, you know, hopefully nullify it. I mean, obviously he's got a few tricks up his sleeve, but uh, I mean Hutton aside from the, the questionable positioning for the for the Burton goal. I mean, he's he's, he's Overall performances and his and his work rate have been I mean, flawless in in recent months really and and to be honest he's the kind of player that 
in a tasty derby, potentially you do want lurking around the field as well. So I quite, quite yeah. like that. Do you, do you think Bruce will keep Bjarnason in uh, at defensive midfielder against the Blues? I see no reason why not to. And, uh, you know, I, I think he's, he's shown a combative nature. I think he's come on in terms of confidence remarkably and, and has started to change opinion on him. So I, I can't see there being a major change. I, I could see there being, you know, unless unless Blues arrive in some completely different form and they're overrunning us and, you know, we need to put a foot in. But having said that, Bjarnason seemed quite happy to do that too. So, we, we, you know, I'm quite happy to stay the same. I mean, A, Bjarnason can only benefit from more games. Uh, yeah. and, and B, you should be focusing on what you want to do uh, at home especially when you're trying to go f- trying to get promoted and you, you you're reckoning yourself to be one of the best teams in the division uh, i mean mm. i don't think if, if bruce thinks oh well we probably need an experienced combative head in him so i'm going to put whelan in there i don't mm. think i mean when i say i don't think i'm just about to say i don't think that's the way to go but um it's a bit possibility that he would think like that knowing bruce it is. And that's the worrying thing, because I think against the Blues, the best form of defence is to attack, and Bjarnason, as well as doing a decent job uh, defensively, does actually get over the halfway line, and he does join the, the boys in attack as well. That's a really good observation, actually. I, I was about to say, I'll meet you halfway, because I think that my... Whelan had a fantastic game against the Blues at St Andrews. You know, he bled for the cause, he put his foot in at some really crucial moments, and uh, it, it's, it's important to see that, you know, he may have a role to play and, and I can see why Bruce might arrive at the at the decision that you know you know he might have a, he might be usable in that game. Having said that, for the reasons you've just said that, I think that Bjarnason on current form and you know particularly shown in the last few games, he's yeah. he's that DM role. He's as we've said, he, he's made his own and and he's offered you know not just not just recently, but he play you know, he plays he it in plays a more. In a more, I don't, well, I don't know if it's just a generalisation, but in a in a more, let's say a a more modern, continental, smoother yeah. way, yeah, 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 he he's, yeah. he he gets that ball in transition out quicker and swifter, and a bit more positively. Whelan does play that ball very square or or backwards, and I'm gonna be honest, say be honest, and it leads. Be honest, and at least tries to get it to Grealish, and you know gets it motoring first. Tries but, is but, the word. I think that well, I think they're both unrefined in 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 similar ways. Really, that I think that their their outball can be equally poor at times. You know, it's not. Uh, I, don't, I don't agree. I don't agree. No, no, no. no I'll tell you why. I, I think that for, for maybe different reasons, but I think that they're both good at what they do. And and Bjarnason perhaps has a better spread across the game in terms of his overall attributes. The, the listeners already know that you hate Bjarnason because <laughs> you're don't. racist against Vikings. I don't listen. They came here and they did their stuff, and you, you watch it. You remember. You need to remember. <laughs> in the last part, po- no, you're racist against Vikings because in the last <laughs> podcast you're trying to frame uh, a Norwegian actor for arson. <laughs> listen, listen. I'm telling you, he was drinking peppermint tea far too casually. Winterfell had burnt to the ground the night before. Would you be that casual? Mm. Mm. Listen to the last podcast, listeners. Yeah, listen to the last podcast. Anyway, so (laughs) now I think Bjarnason, out of any DM we have, and we haven't really seen much of Axel, he's the one, the smoothest on the ball. Yeah, I've got no issue with that. Listen, I want Bjarnason to to, to really come good and, and, you know, make that position his own. I I think that from what I've seen to date, that he doesn't necessarily have the range of passing that, that I think we would. Ultimately, what want, the Whelan <laughs> that well, Whelan has. <laughs> well, Whelan definitely doesn't have it. Whelan definitely doesn't have it. But what you might have in terms of a hundred percent grit and harrying and absolute cover across the the front there. I think I think Bjornsson's not bad at it, yeah. but I think that's the difference that you get. And there can be, it might not be the Blues game, but there will be games where we're completely entrenched and 
I have to say, to be honest, I think if Yednak's fit, he he takes the he takes that role. But well, I don't think Yednak is fit, and I don't I think his legs have gone. And you've well, I think that, I think that's why we're seeing what we're yourself. seeing, as we've said. Yeah. Um, I mean, Yednak talking about Ranger Passing. Yet Yednak likes to pretend he's Glenn Hoddle now in his uh, <laughs> his yes. elder years. I mean, he did it a couple of times against well Sheffield United and, and Burton, where he's trying to ping a you know, 70-yard pass uh, across the pitch. Mm, yes, Hollywood pass. I think we've discussed the, the DM role, haven't we, the defensive midfield role. I think it's nice to have the, the luxury of choice and yeah. that there'll be occasions where, and it is a stereotype, It's the I, I think it'll be the freezing cold away game at insert Preston, Barnsley, wherever, where you can drop your wheelings in and they'll they'll look right at home. Um, I have to say, against the Blues, I think that Bjarnason will probably offer, the, like you say, the, the cover we need in front of Terry and Chester with a bit of technical class that will allow, you know, like you say, it's a smooth forward pass. Because we do sometimes get a little Boston come undone against smarter midfielders. And, you know, they had, I remember, Yot, you know, Jota, Jota, Jota did cause us problems and dictated the game yeah, a bit. Too much to my liking, actually, uh, in the previous, the first game at uh, St Andrews. So that's mm. something uh, we need to mm. look at. But, I mean, this we've got a different team in terms of midfield because Grealish obviously uh, wasn't around and he's been a kind of a revelation. I think he'll be think well so. up for this game now. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I mean, against Burton, again, uh, you know, after these... I mean, well, the last Bristol onwards, probably his work rate against Burton. He was he played like a straight up centre midfielder, box to box. He was everywhere. He was tracking back, getting tackles in on the edge of the box, and and then obviously picking up the ball and driving Villa forward. I mean, sometimes mm. I was a bit disappointed that he didn't have willing runners with him from the midfield, mm. Mm. which kind of you know made us attack really with one arm behind a back when we should have been attacking more in, with waves of players rather than a, you know token gesture two or three up there. And this is something that you know we. we we need to just to attack Birmingham. I think if we attack yeah. them, attack them, they they would uh, they would fold. I think as, as we've seen with a number of teams that, uh, and you've you've mocked me before for saying it, but I think that football isn't complicated. That's oh, your catchphrase. You, you haven't you like, haven't you haven't said it in the while. last couple. It's been a while. <laughs> it's but there are some truisms, and I think that you've seen Bristol City was a great example. Attack directly, use pace. Uh, I think the way that we've utilised Hogan. The obvious things, really. Feed the guy to, to his strengths. Um, Snodgrass's delivery, having the not having to be dependent upon someone like Adoma, equally codger. You know, they're, they're kind of obvious things that when you say, you look across the Villa team and you say, right, Grealish, Grealish being the prime example, allow him to play to his strengths, but actually support him, you know, protect him. Yeah, um, and I think that's why players like Hurahan coming for a bit of stick actually that they're they're actually the supporting cast to to a Villa player who's potentially coming to to the front of of, of showing his real potential and uh, you know if we get out of this division I think it could be very promising for for Grealish and, and Villa if 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 he can carry into the Premier League potentially. No, Gabby, get your hooves off me, Gabby. Listen here, it's it's not happening. It's Hogan's time now. You can whimper all you want, boy. You ain't playing. The Blues Derby? Hell, I'll think about it. Would you play Hogan against uh, the Blues? Would. would you go unchanged I team? I would. Um, I think Hogan, particularly in the air, represents a genuine threat. Um, and also, I think not before time we've worked out that playing the channels and trying to tease that run he loves to play on the shoulder as, as we've said many many times and yeah he got caught offside a few times against mm, Burton I, I, some fans don't like that I, I don't have any issue with that Benteke used to do that it, it's and it's that's a game of averages but 
sooner or later that will that will pay off. End. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I was. I, I mean, I'm just thinking about Hogan and his. Uh, mm. If it turns into a bit of a battle, as as we've uh, mm. insinuated in recent podcasts with the Hogan touch count, uh, sometimes he. Uh, <laughs> He doesn't get involved. Maybe Davis is somebody who can keep the ball up there longer and make sh- yeah, make yeah. sure we have more sustained pressure against the Blues. Which uh, yeah. I was thinking about that against yeah. Burton. I was thinking yeah, I would probably have brought Davis on uh, later on. I mean, I don't know if Lewis uh, Grabon's going to be. Uh, how long is he going to give him to get back in? Because he hasn't played for a month, mm-hmm. has he? I think the Blues game may come. Uh, I might be. I'd say he might be on the bench. I would say. I think, like you say, though that. I mean, I would rather. You, you, sorry, sorry to interrupt. No. I'd rather have him on the bench mm. than than having you know four or five defensive midfielders, which mm, we seem, mm. seem to be collecting. Well, that's that's the Bruce caution that that we mentioned in the in the last pod. For me, Hogan, you can you can reliably go probably seventy minutes. A lot depends yeah. on how the game's going. I think I think he's the, he's the man to be having in this type of fixture where you want a poacher, you want a man who, despite his quite diminutive stature, has, is excellent in the air. Davis, when he came out against Sheffield United, that hold-up play, you know, changed the changed the direction of the game really. When it, I think it looked like we were trying to play the game out. No, it, it we held the ball and it changed how. Yeah. Uh, you know, we were made, we were able to get forward, weren't we? And it was it was very good. And I think that's that's a great uh, weapon in the armory, especially coming off the bench. Yeah, no, that's what, I mean, that's what I was uh, thinking. If we're going to, I mean, we haven't got the greatest counter attack in the world, but uh, no. if you're taking players, if you're taking teams on the break, then Hogan's, you know, a good one to have up there. But I thought if you wanted to maintain a sustained uh, period mm. of pressure against the Blues, then uh, it might, yeah. you know, it might be worth having a, a think about the, the forward position. Although, you know, now I would play Hogan just. Uh, Based on what's been happening over the last few weeks, but if you do mm. playing tactically for just one game, and this game obviously is a little bit different from the normal one, then uh, yeah, it might true. be might be worth having a bit more physical presence and somebody who can hold uh, the ball up a little bit more. But uh, we shall see. But I would expect, I mean, it to be an unchanged team. I mean, the Blues play four two three one, so they've they've got kind of two deeper sitting midfielders as well. I think the thing that's changed since the last time we spoke about the the Blues is that Sam Gallagher, who we courted uh, courted when he yeah. was available on loan from Southampton, but opted to go with well stick with Keenan Davis. Rightly, I think, um, is is now firing, isn't he? So he's got six goals since since the last time we 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 considered him, I suppose, and that that lifts him easily to easily to be Blues' top goal scorer. Yeah, and he's uh, I mean he will give Terry a bit of a uh, I think Terry Terry. Didn't have the greatest games against Burton, so it's. Uh, mm. I mean, he's obviously still coming back. It's all the Instagram stories he's got to post, though. It's very time-consuming. <laughs> yeah. About yeah. his avocado and berry breakfasts <laughs> and and his uh, stretching and his range stretch. of what's his, what's his range of uh, beach shorts. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm lost in 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 a midst of storm. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Sam Gallagher, when he was on loan uh, last season to Blackburn, I mean, he, mm. he's, he was a kind of a one in four striker mm. and he's, he's around that mark for the Blues, actually. I think he's played about 23 games and he scored six. Mm. So he's, he's capable, but you know, he's only 22, but he's a physical presence. I mean, he's six foot four, so... Uh, Hardly prolific, I suppose, is what you're saying. Well, hardly pro- prolific, but I mean, we have a shorter centre back situation. So, going back mm. to our earlier discussion about defensive midfielders, with Gallagher in mind, there may be a, a reason there for Bruce to think about Yedinak uh, mm. from the from the off in a defensive midfielder position. Because I mean, that's why he's been bringing on Yedinak basically to counter when the opposition's chasing the game. You know, obviously playing long balls in and uh, set mm. pieces. So that's it's... one thing that may be in Bruce his mind to counter Gallagher is to uh, help uh, Terry and Chester who uh, I think they're flat six footers aren't they? Yeah I mean it depends where it, a lot depends on how we start in the game and, and, and how it pans out because the way that we've seen Yednak deployed Yeah no but is, he's, he's going to make his team selection before the game starts so. <laughs> That's a pain that isn't it? Uh, it really is a pain that you don't get the benefit of hindsight I don't know <laughs> This DM roll, we're hung up on this DM roll aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and be honest in all the way, but we're just trying to second guess Bruce here. And, and the Gallagher mm-hmm. six foot four factor, it would be, uh, you know, if you if this went to court, it would be part of Bruce's evidence why you'd play Yedinak uh, in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, for Australia, that's exactly the role that Yednak's deployed in, isn't it? That holding midfield role until about 70 minutes, where he essentially becomes a centre back. And, you know, yeah. time and time again. And that's essentially why Australia qualify for every. You know, every competition going, uh, the, the, that's the way it works. Well, no, the reason why they qualify is because they, they play in all these shitty groups. The that's Asia, a very Asia strong pers- allegation. <laughs> <laughs> they don't really have to play anybody good unless uh, they have to go in some playoff against the f- f- fifth or sixth uh, South American team. Which they always win. Not always, only recently, only recently. With Yedna. Trust me on that one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care enough to Google it mid-show. <laughs> so no Mark Bunn instead of Sam Johnson for this game then I'd bring him in just for the you know play the joker <laughs> 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 to be honest it'd be we, we have got previous with, with uh, goalkeeping bloopers <laughs> as, as anyone who's a Villa fan will know and Sam Johnston got off with an absolute it could have been one couldn't it do you remember the ricochet in the uh, oh right yeah, yeah, yeah that was a lucky one that one so maybe you never know Jed Steer looking on, wondering, will I ever play for Villa again? Do we? Oh, he's out for the season, isn't he? Or uh, out for a long, long time, which is a bit oh, of a shame. Oh, but uh, since uh, it is actually his second big injury, but since we yeah. uh, wimped out of the FA Cup, uh, there was he was never really going to have a role anyway. Well, unless uh, Johnson comes unstuck, and then uh, that could be a bit of a problem in the running mm-hmm. for sure. For sure, I think so. So, to, I mean, just uh, while we're here, who's mm. your? let's say top three impressive players of the season so far or the most let's say fundamental player of the season mm. so far I think I think Grealish 
I mean, obviously missing the early part of the season through injury, but we'd spoken about this being a defining season of you know his contribution to any push and successful promotion. Fingers crossed on the latter part. Yeah. But his maturing and his his ability to affect not just moments in games, but key moments in games and, and I think we're starting to see now the change from people saying George remember that semi-final against Liverpool where he's fantastic it's it's game after game now where you say and he looks like the standout player doesn't he at times and you yeah. can say well he's controlled the midfield and he's he's got a touch and a, a way about him that's 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 very impressive and uh, as I say maturity appears appears to be coming his emergence uh, especially uh, in this year so far has, has kind of given most fans that extra confidence that we're actually up for this uh <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. autom- automatic promotion. He, he's mm-hmm. given us a dimension that we've kind of lacked. I'd agree. Uh, so what about two other players? The other player is Terry. Um, I, I think it's an easy one to go to, but again, someone else who, who had a layoff of what was it, about a month or so, yeah. if not a bit longer. I, I heard a thing when I was watching the, the, the Chelsea defeat to Watford, and it there was a comment made by one of the commentators about that it was not so much the loss of, che- of, of Terry as the player, but as Terry the captain yeah. that's impacting Chelsea. And... <laughs> you know, you don't hear much from pundits that you think, well, that's actually quite clever. But I think that you saw, you can see with Villa what his presence and what his, you know, I've said before in this podcast that I sit close enough to the pitch at the, in the Holt end where there's been times where he's absolutely said to people, what the hell are you doing? So John Terry is your uh, second one. And what's about the third, uh, let's say, influence on this season thus far? Johnston, I think. If you said anybody else, I would have berated <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah, I mean Johnston purely on the basis that he he is he's cool, man. He's cool. Reason being, we've not had a decent, steady, reliable goalkeeper for I have to say as long as I can remember. Really, um, he's he's uh, the thing about him is he's developed. I think in front of our eyes as well through the benefit of playing and growing as the Villa team has grown. And I yeah. think you can see see with the defence in front of him that. You know, they can trust him and, you know, if we could sign him, I think he'd be a genuine asset to the club as well. Yeah, because when you look at this Villa team, uh, if it gets promoted, Mm. a lot of it's not going to be left because it's obviously loans and Mm -hmm. uh, old geezers. Mm -hmm. But you really want a team that supporters can invest themselves in. You want players that they can invest in themselves in. And, uh, you know, young lads, Grealish would be great if we kept Johnson and we've got no chance unless we get promoted. And then uh, if we get promoted, it's, you know, obviously still in the lap of the gods a little bit, although we'll have a bit of an advantage over any other suitors. But those two, maybe Hurahan will still be around and uh, (laughs) maybe good enough. Bjarnason, probably stick around. And, you know, he's potential uh, he can play in the Premier League well considering look at some of the teams in the Premier League I mean for God's sake well yeah that's true I'm just thinking of anyone uh, Chester probably still be there and We'd then there's prob- question marks beyond that, really, isn't it? And then beyond that, I mean, full-backs would probably, you know, unless Bree, beca- but I think, don't think Bree's Premier League level at this moment in time, he's still... G- I mean, he could have really have done with a r- good run this season just yeah, to I get agree. him up to speed, and that's a bit of a shame that he's been seen as not good enough at this point in time by Bruce, although he was playing, you know, regular right-back for Barnsley uh, last mm-hmm, season. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, so, yeah, to get Johnson, at least to have that kind of core that supporters can invest in as players yeah. that because uh, it's not you know it's nice to have a team that gets you up and then they're still pretty much let's say eight of them still there and you know you, you've got that investment because you're going on the journey with the team I think there's a recognition from fans that 
I don't think it's even in the case of the, the modern era, really. That you know, like you say, you, you want to hold that spine of the team, so you've got a core of people of players who you can you can have some sort of connection with. But actually, yeah. they need to be good players too. You know, most fans know. You know, realistically, John Terry is he going to be able or willing? Uh, you know, even even well, willing is the point, isn't it? That I I would have thought that if he manages to hold the championship trophy aloft, that's where you you call time, don't you? Really, yeah. he's not he's not going to want to go into the Premier League and be embarrassed like I mean Ferdinand was towards the end of his career. Ultimately, you know, with, with yeah. QPR is one that, a modern one that, that sticks in my mind. And the other thing is, it's. There's a there's a natural acceptance that there's going to be a turnover of players, isn't there? That I think most teams have gone up. Bournemouth's a good example that they they dispatched Elphick, their their club captain from League Two, yeah, straight to us when they got promoted. So, you know, again, that's just an example with a Villa connection, but I'm sure there's countless others. But I think more more the Villa point is it's uh, it's it's a fact just because there are so many loans, key loans at, at that as well, and aging players, which and aging players as mm. I men- mentioned mm. at the top. So it, it's, mm. it, it is a natural thing that Villa will have to rebuild. So going back to Johnson, uh, it would be rather grand to get him because yeah. he's he's I think he's legit as a goalkeeper for sure. And he stood out as I mean let, we don't need to list the goalkeepers we've had over the years who you know Guzan's the obvious one who you know he managed to secure a long term deal off the back of having come back to the club and had one good season essentially. You know yeah. where is he now? I think says says a lot about how his overall quality is. Where his overall quality is, rather, and 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 I think we've been plagued by distinctly average to subpar goalkeepers, and it, and it has hurt us. And you know, not just during the Premier League, but you know, we 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 went through this muddled stage of even where Mark Bunn was being considered a first. Yeah, not by rotation. me. Not by me. He wasn't. He was always. He was always a <laughs> by third, the managers. <laughs> he was. He was always a third string goalkeeper in my book. But I mean, that, by the managers. <laughs> that's the good thing going into. Uh, a derby, uh, bringing it back to the Blues, is mm. it's always good to have a, a, a solid goalkeeper, as we've learnt from experience. And I think <laughs> Johnson, I mean, maybe famous last words here, but uh, it's good to have Johnson in the sticks uh, going into that Blues game. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we've got a decent defence now, and we've got a midfield that can hurt people if they're allowed to play. And so, uh, in conclusion, shall we... Uh, we won't do predictions. I think we'll go for... Uh, we'll just say win. <laughs> Yes, that's the most desirable outcome. We will then take our winning record to Craven Cottage for Fulham to dissect it at will. (laughs) (laughs) No, where we will win, in the neutral zone. Well, that's, uh, yeah, get tickets for the neutral zone, kids. I think there's still a couple of tickets left. (laughs) Uh, But no, that I mean, last season, uh, I'm hoping that these corresponding games, uh, I don't know why we're mentioning Fulham now, but uh, hopefully the the Blues three points will be repeated, uh, but the performance Mm. will be a hell of a lot better. And Mm. uh, Mm. the Fulham game, I'm hoping, will be a complete uh, reverse because we we got actually schooled on that day. It Mm. It got embarrassing. It could have been a lot, lot more. So let's get out of here and uh, get ready for that. Uh, I have to change my sleeping patterns, so I'm up in time for that 12 o'clock on the Sunday. <laughs> After your new Norwegian... Uh... Yeah, well, if that actually didn't, if the Norwegians came over for the uh, the Blues game uh, and we found ourselves still in the bar at 3am, uh, we'd have just carried on drinking through uh, to the game, actually. It just made it would have made more sense. <laughs> yes. But uh, I don't know if I'm, if I'm going for the 8am beers. 
I'm never sure about the ATM beers, to be honest. Yeah, I used to do it when I was in Australia when you had to watch the games because of the time difference at that mm. time. I mean, because it's you know it was a bit of fun as the novelty value. It's kind of like being in an airport early before for a flight, isn't it? That yeah. even if you're not going on holiday, that there seems to be a bit of a temptation, and then the rational side of your brain says, "I I don't need a glass of beer with my breakfast." Uh, I mean, yeah, obviously, I mean, there's listeners here going, "What the hell are you talking about?" Of course, you yeah. drink. Of course, you drink at that time <laughs> to uh, get ready. If it just wasn't for the police guard, I'd love that game to be uh, half five kickoff. <laughs> yeah. Yes, under the lights, builds it up so. beautifully Un- under the uh, under the alcohol, more like <laughs> under the, under the fog, <laughs> <laughs> under the steaming alcohol. Yeah, I mean, there's all you know. Uh, I mean, going back to what game have I enjoyed at Villa Park the most in recent times? It has to be that West Bromwich uh, quarterfinals because that Ooh. was you know you need a bit. I mean, I know it's not PC to say this, but you need a bit of madness in the air. It really oh, I don't kind care of about uh, that is you well know. You, you, you. Is that the one where fans were slight, well, were more than slightly encroaching onto the pitch? Is that that one? What do you mean encroaching on the pitch? Were the fans innocent. On the pitch? They're all innocent. What are you talking about? Where the, where the criminals were all encroached onto the pitch. No, I mean, that was... They thought the final whistle was... I mean, I, yes. I, I wrote a blog post on this detailing with screen grabs of the minutes of the game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, you know, where the crowd appears on the side of the pitch. But they thought they were there for, the obviously, the final whistle yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah. And the referee blew a whistle like it was the... Uh, it was like a double blow, like it was like the final whistle for mm-hmm. some... I don't know what happened, a free kick or something. He was trying to... Or time-wasting or something. And the fans thought that was the final whistle, and that's why they all ran on the pitch. It wasn't like some kind of invasion. invasion. No. And so that that got played out uh, wrongly. I mean, it was a simple mistake. Was it all Mark Lawrence and quotes as well? Was it? Yeah, I mean, bullshit. and all the you know the media just being a bunch of pricks, uh, yeah, just not yeah. you know actually reading the situation. I mean, there's lots of hypocrisy over how uh, mm-hmm. the BBC hypocrisy. you know celebrates pitch invasions when it's a lower league team, yeah, as as the magic of the cup. But when it came to Villa, it was uh, the dark ages and all that kind of shite. Bullshit. But no, the atmosphere on that day was great because you yeah, need a bit of an- yeah, you need a bit of anarchy in the air, or it's else, or else it's not football, really. That's why we love going to football for the anarchy. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> as <laughs> long as anarchy. you know, as long as people aren't uh, you know aren't disrespectful to other people. Uh, I mean, if they are, it's funny. I don't mind. I mean, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were as long a real. It's not anarchist. directed at me. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's, as long as I don't get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, life's boring normally, but at least in those ninety minutes, there's that escapism and the potential that you could end mm. up in hospital as well. <laughs> ah, the, the joy of the derby. On that note, we will uh, be back with a uh, a full podcast, uh, obviously after the Blues derby. Hopefully, celebrating the continuation of our glorious long winning run, which will last <laughs> until the end of the season. Hopefully. Until the end of time. If we won all the way to the end of the season, hmm. would you expect us to win the league? I'd be freaking pissed off if we won every single game between now and the end of the season. Wouldn't you? Ugh. You'd be pissed off if we won every game to the end of the season? No, and then didn't win the Oh, league. right, and then didn't win the league. Yeah, well, that's what you should Good. have said. <laughs> okay, I'd be mightily pissed off if we won every game between now and the end of the season and we didn't manage to usurp... The wolves. The dog the, heads. Yeah, the... <laughs> 
<laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if we went unbeaten. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't. Mm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't go unbeaten. But I think it's, it's a, yeah, possible. I think the two main. Ooh. Well, if you want to throw the Blues in there, I, you could say that's a banana skin. But the two, yeah, yeah. I think the two big hurdles are mm. Fulham away and Wolves yep. at home. Yep. Derby at home. I don't expect to get beaten that. I mean, I want to. I want to win it, but you know. If Villa don't turn up, I think it's potential draw. But Fulham and the Fulham game away, we could get slaughtered in that, or you know we could beat them. It'd be controversial of me to say. I think if you're going to finish second, you've got to win those games. Is that just me? No, no, no. I agree. I mean, uh, mm. the Fulham game, I think, is the key one because they're they're mm. charging at us. Yeah. And you know, they're five points now. If they won, obviously, that cuts it straight mm. down to two without any other results coming into play. Mm. Mm-hmm. The Derby game, I think Derby will drop points, so, I think so. Yeah. that's not a problem. The Wolves game, you would hope that you would get at least a point off them. I mean, if Wolves, I mean Wolves are beatable. Yeah, that don't don't get me wrong, especially at Villa Park. Villa Park would be the hardest game they've had to play this season. I think so. On, so, on, current, on current performances and form, I, I really think yeah. they're a game. Because I think we went there, we and we weren't really that well organised as we are now. Correct. I think um, they get a shock, actually. I think a lot of Wolves fans do judge us against how disjointed we were that, that evening. Yeah. And, uh, that was one of our poorer performances, actually, when you think back. Although, you know, although saying that they do play with a bit of swagger, which uh, is a bit dangerous, but, you know, what happens with, <laughs> if things don't go their own way when they're mm. obviously... But, you know, last six games, we've actually, I think we've gained five points on them, so... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Who knows what can happen. As but the facts, aren't first they? things first, we've got to get into that second place, and then we'll uh, try to yep. chase down the dogheads. But at the, <laughs> you know, at the moment, uh, I'm just automatic promotion uh, will do at this stage of the game. Correct. Correct. So until next time, uh, where we'll be back to the, a normal show. This was more of a little extra one. It's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. Goodbye. Did he? Second chance, maybe. defender who just pulled off that acrobatic move it's Gary Cahill's first ever goal where did that come from a scissor kick finish that maybe might consign Birmingham to relegation in the end Gary Cahill does not by the way have a Brazilian passport my old man said. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.